0: Hello, my name is Abrea Ray. I am a first year here at Randolph College. I plan on majoring in psychology and I might minor in African American Studies because I feel like furthering my knowledge of my own history is so important. Now, I will present to you my episode from The Perils of a Racist America, a podcast by Randolph College. Just a warning before we get started, I will be discussing some topics that can be triggering to some. The book that I read for this project is called Aren't I a Woman? by Deborah Gray White. This book is strictly a secondary source. It was originally published in 1985. Deborah Gray White is the Board of Governors Professor of History and Professor of Women's Gender Studies at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey. She has won many awards in Canada and in the U.S. She has also written over 10 other books in her lifetime. White is currently 71 years old, and she is now one of my role models. (laughs) So, let me get something straight. This book is not to say that Black women had it worse than Black men. It's just a more deeper look into the clear differences in which the sexes were treated. Being black was already quite obviously bad according to society, but to also be a woman as well, you went through so much. For example, here's a quote from chapter 1. Many antebellum southerners found little in the black female's character to compliment. Some were convinced that slave women were lewd and lascivious that they invited sexual overtures from white men, and that any resistance they displayed was mere fiending. Here is another. Male and female slavery was different from the very beginning. Women did not travel the Middle Passage in the holds of slave ships, but took the dreaded journey on the quarterdeck. They were more easily accessible to the criminal whims and sexual desires of seamen. These are only two examples of how women and men were treated as I said before, black women always seem to have a stereotype thrown at them. The first chapter talks about the Mammy and the Jezebel characters. Historically, white women as a category were portrayed as models of respect, self-control and modesty, even sexual purity. But black women were often portrayed as innately promiscuous, even predatory. This depiction of black women is signified by the name Jezebel. Since black women were considered Jezebels, if they were raped by white owners, it was justified by black women being considered hypersexual and wanting to always have sex with white men. Enslaved black women even got their whippings completely sexualized because of this stereotype. A section from the book talks about this. It says, The whipping of a 13-year-old girl in Georgia had sexual overtones the girl was put on all fours sometimes her head down and sometimes up and beaten until froth ran from her mouth reading this part honestly made me extremely angry because i know that it felt horrible enough getting whipped but to have it sexualized that is so damn sick next we have mammy mammy was the woman that could do anything and do it better than everyone else because of her expertise she was looked up upon by other enslaved people mammy is kind of like the grandma character everyone went to her for advice when they were pregnant they just went to her for everything but older enslaved women weren't treated well by the slave owners Because once you were old, you kind of had no use on the field. So, the book talks about how they would let the older enslaved women free. Because they know that they wouldn't survive on their own. They would kill them. Or, they would just keep selling the older woman around until she died. And that's just so sad we have Sapphire. Sapphire was considered a dominant female. Sapphire is as tough, efficient, and tireless as Mammy. Mammy operates, however, within the boundaries prescribed for women, while Sapphire dominates predominantly in the man's world. So I don't want to give away all of the details from every chapter of this book because I actually want you all to go out, buy this book and read it because this book was extremely interesting and an eye-opener for me. I love how Deborah White uses direct quotes and goes into thorough details on certain topics. I have learned a lot while reading this book but one thing that I didn't know is that slave owners made sure to treat the pregnant enslaved women better and gave them more benefits so that other women could see that and want to get pregnant as well. This was good for the slave owner because that meant more slave people for him. Apart from this book says that slave owners had a vested interest in keeping pregnant women healthy. The relatively better care expectant mothers received was as much a result of the pressure slave women exerted as of self-serving benevolence extended by slave owners and overseers. One thing that is sad, though, is that the women that could not reproduce or had a hard time reproducing often were beat more, killed, or shipped off to different places because nobody wanted a slave woman that couldn't have a child because that meant less slaves for the slave owner and that means less money for him. And maybe even a popularity thing, because a lot of slave owners liked to compete on how many slaves they owned. A lot of the ways enslaved women were treated made me sad and angry, but I needed to learn this. Especially because I only really have knowledge of slavery from a man's point of view. Slave women had often been characterized as self-reliant and self-sufficient, Because, lacking black male protection, they had to develop their own means of resistance and survival. It is important to note that black men truly couldn't support black women, especially if they were a couple, because they could risk getting beat together, killed together, or their children would be shipped off in front of them. As punishment so for example a portion of the book talks about how if two slaves were together and the woman was getting raped in front of her husband the husband had to watch because if he fought back she would get killed he would get killed their kids could get killed or shipped off the outcome was terrible for both options and that's just so sad another thing presented to me that was i don't know the word alarming was in the opening of the last chapter it says in october 1858 sojourner truth gave a series of lectures in silver lake indiana on the abolition of slavery During the course of the talks, a rumor circulated in the audience that Truth was actually a man posing as a woman. At her final talk, a man from the audience challenged her to prove the rumor false by having her breasts examined by some of the women present. When his challenge was put to a vote, it passed with such a resounding A that a nay vote was not even called for. Many of the women in the audience were appalled by the demand, but Truth herself appeared undaunted. She told the men that her breasts had suckled many a white babies to the exclusion of her own offspring, and that many of these babies had grown to be better men than those in the audience. From her place in the front of the congregation, Sojourner Truth bared her breasts and told the men that it was not to her shame that she did. So, but to theirs. Truth experience serves as a metaphor for the slaves' general experience. To the question, aren't I a woman? The Silver Lake audience answered, no. It was an answer given daily to the millions of enslaved women who worked on southern plantations. They were the only women in America who were sexually exploited with impunity stripped and whipped with a lash and worked like oxen in the 19th century when the nation was preoccupied with keeping women in the home and protecting them only enslaved women were so totally unprotected by men or by law only black women had their womanhood so totally denied i know it is a lot to take in i know trust me reading this i was to tears almost i was like completely speechless after this opening because it's like a pattern because black women are still the most unprotected and the most degraded women out of anyone one major reason Why I love this book so much is because it's so important. I know so much about what the enslaved men went through, but barely anything about what the enslaved women went through. Of course, I knew the basics like they treated their babies and of course worked in hard conditions, but that's about it. I actually read a couple of the chapters to two of my younger brothers, 10 and 14, even though this stuff is brutal. It's imperative that they learn these things because the American school system is severely flawed, especially when it comes to the Black History curriculum. I have learned so much from my own research outside of school and even on Twitter than I learned in school. And that's not a bad thing, but it's just like it's sad that if I never did my own research, I would not know any of my history I would know more about wars and U.S. conflict with other countries than I did about my own history the most they teach us is slavery is bad and Martin Luther King was a peaceful guy and that's it a lot of teachers have said you can just learn about it in college but why is it that I have to go there to get finally taught about my history While white kids can go to school and get taught all of their history. At my friend's school, they have a black history class. But it's literally an elective that's half credit. Half. That says so much. Hopefully things will change in the future. Hopefully. (sighs) And to anyone that's listening right now. I hope you choose to read this book. Thank you so much for listening to my episode of The Perils of Racist America, a podcast by Randolph College.